This episode of Zero Cafe is made possible by our partners Convert.com, Online Dialogue, Content Square, Sidespect, Online Influence Institute and VWO. Today I talk with Altina van der Veer, Head of Experience and Insights at Brainengineers. They have developed a tool called BrainPeak, which allows you to gather EEG data from customers while they are going through your website. And we talk about the importance of humanizing data. In case you missed the previous episode, uh, I sp- spoke with uh, Chad Sanderson last week from Convoy, and we spoke about building your own data and experimentation platform. And you can listen to that episode on www.zero.cafe or in the podcast app we are listening with right now. Welcome to season three, episode three. My name is Eltina, um, and currently I'm responsible for the experience and insights at Brain Engineers, uh, which means that I focus on um, the experience of Brain Engineers as, as a company, but also the experience of what we deliver in terms of the research and the insights um, and the tra- translation of those insights into actionable uh, things or really insights that can be used uh, by companies to put in A-B testing processes or uh, whatsoever. Um, um, so yeah, that's what I'm focusing on. And uh, I have a background in social psychology. Uh, I did a master's in uh, social influence and attitude change. So I'm very much interested in the behavioral side of uh, of the changing behavior. Um, and related to that, I also uh, um, did a digital marketing uh, education. So um, making sure that, that I could combine the psychology side with the, with the digital side. Yeah. D- did you start off in a job doing psychology and digital together or? No, actually not. I started off in a, it was more a data related uh, job. Mm-hmm. And um, and and after a while, I well, I was in contact with the digital side uh, um, at that point as well. But uh, I I figured that that I I saw there was a, a big future in it um, and so much opportunities because uh, at that time and we're talking about like 12, 13 years ago or so um, there wasn't really much digital at a mature level. So I was like, okay. Yep. <laughs> there are opportunities over there especially for the psychology side in uh, in it yeah and psychology education uh at that time i'm very familiar with that mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't usually didn't have anything to do with internet right exactly so that was my yeah. that was actually already my frustration during uh university because it's it was also very much uh, directed at um uh health behavior which by itself is is re- really really good uh changing behavior in the health environment but um uh, i was more interested in the the commercial uh, purposes and uh, yeah so I, I i started working in a company who wasn't uh, uh, dedicated uh, to dig- digital but eventually i was like okay i'm going to move towards the digital side because that's uh, yeah. where my interests are yeah and now at uh, brain engineers what kind of clients do you typically have are there certain verticals that you guys uh, are catering to um, it's very uh, it's very broad our our client base, uh, which we're very proud of. Actually, uh, um, it differs from uh, retail to e-commerce, uh, financials, um, government. Uh, yeah, a lot of different 
names also uh, uh, telecom. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of research are you guys performing for those clients? So yeah, what we what we uh, what we do is we do neuro usability research. Um, mm -hmm. I guess most people are familiar with uh, regular usability research, and our method uh, differs uh, from that regular usability uh, testing uh, because we use EEG, which is mostly known as a medical device, but we we use it in a commercial setting. So we have a headset that's actual actually. actually uh, um, um, useful in terms of their the the the, the medical ones you need to gel yep. and everything on your on your scalp it, it's 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 not nice to have i, I don't have to shave my head if i'm mm -hmm. a participant no. in there <laughs> well you can if you want to but we we actually we, yeah we don't advise to but um yeah we use eeg um and also uh where it differs is that uh, during uh performing a task so uh, a participant the user gets a task to perform uh there's no interaction with the researchers so no thinking out loud principles um and no guided uh walking through of a, a user flow or, or uh, asking questions in between it's uh, completely in silence um, yep. And the reason why we do it is because we measure the subconscious experience instead of the conscious experience. So we were really interested in what happens on a subconscious level. And EEG helps to measure uh, that subconscious level through emotions. And um, yeah, we've created our own emotion detection algorithm, which makes it possible for the EEG to measure the electrical activity within the brains, translated into uh, three emotions in an uh, online environment. Yeah, a very practical question. Um, these caps, you need to have participants on location, otherwise you cannot put a cap on them. So how did you guys do this last half year <laughs> with all that's going on? There were some challenges, of course. Um, um, we, I guess it was like six or seven weeks, we couldn't do any testing um, uh, yeah. in our lab. We have a, we have a lab uh, in our office. Um, so uh, during that time, we had um, uh, some, um, um, how do you call it, uh, external users where we set up uh, a test uh, a situation. Um, they were able to do research for us because they knew how to place the EEG on their head and et cetera. Okay, yeah. So that was during six weeks. So it was remote testing um, in, a, in, a, in a new way. Uh, but now after um, there, there, there have been changes. Uh, so we follow the, the guidelines from the, uh, the uh, REVM. Uh, or what's it called uh, and the MOA, uh, and now what we do is we we actually um, have all the hygiene uh, situations going on within our lab uh, uh, as last as possible contact with our users, so they do come in in our lab. Uh, we keep distance, so the only time that we actually have contact with the participant is when we're uh, standing behind him or her and placing the EEG on uh, on the head of the of the participant. Um, so we're actually way less in contact with the user is as compared to a hairdresser yeah <laughs> exactly well good uh good way to fix it uh, i guess and yeah. to be able to continue the research so for for those not familiar with eeg research so how does this relate um well to online behavior how can i as a company uh, improve my website using eeg data so we look at emotional experiences um, and especially uh, we're interested in 
the why of behavior. So um, companies might have a lot of data uh, regarding uh, dropouts or, or, or regarding funnels and, and conversions, but they might not know what, what the reason is people are uh, going through that funnel or, or leaving that particular <coughs> flow. Uh, and we are focused on um, getting to that answer. So the reason for for the behavior. So what, what is really happening here? Why is it happening? Um, and what we do through the use of EEG is we measure their emotional response, uh, which might differ from their uh, rational response because um, uh, well, we know from, from our psychology background uh, and uh, that uh, a lot of behavior uh, or a lot of decision-making takes place on the subconscious level. And um, we, we strongly believe that if you want to optimize your user flows, that you also should take into account subconscious uh, behavior uh, and not only focus on what users are telling you because they might not know what they're doing or understand why they're doing sp specific things in, in the digital environment. Yeah, I, I think uh, our uh, our industry colleague uh, Bart Schutz always says that basically your conscious brain is just the passenger and and trying to explain whatever decisions that your unconscious uh, brain is making. Uh, so the unconscious is, is really important in in making those decisions. Um, but if I remember correctly from my uh, my psychology background, it's it's mainly the the the, the amygdala is the, is the uh, emotional center uh, of the brain. Uh, but EEG and and that emotional center, the amygdala is in the center of the brain. But EEG measures everything that's on the outside of the brain. Uh, because it's, it's not non-invasive, and so how how does that translate to what's ha happening at the outer level uh, of the of the brain? Yeah, so it's the activity. So if the amygdala uh, uh, fires neurons, there are also other parts within the brain that become active. Uh, so what EEG does measures the activity of which parts in the brains are are going uh, on and off, so which become active. Um, and what we did by creating our own emotion detection algorithm, so we measured um, the, so we brought users in a situation where they would be frustrated or they would be happy, and then we would measure which parts of the brain would be activated. Uh, yep. And therefore, we made a relationship to uh, which parts of the brain were responsible, and uh, it's on a dimensional scale from uh, from from zero to one, with chances of 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 the visibility of that specific emotion. Okay, so do, do you have to calibrate this for each person? Like, so we, we first have to calibrate something for one person, see, okay, how are, how uh, do they respond to certain emotions, and then look at a website, or is that very similar for every person? Yeah, so it's qualitative research. Um, and yes, we do calibrate. That's a very good question, actually, because uh, we at our office, we what well, we used to we used to have uh, some uh, limited parking uh, spots. So uh, when uh, participants would come in, they, they there was a chance that would be frustrated due to having to search for a spot for like 10 or 15 minutes. So obviously that is frustrating. Uh, and what we do, we conduct a baseline measurement prior before we start uh, the actual test, uh, just to yeah. make sure that we know what their uh, what their baseline of emotions is, so that we know that whenever they start interacting in that on that website or within that journey we know that the response of the brain is related to the stimulus that they're 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 um, interacting with yeah okay that's clear and so you i think you've been using this tool for about two years now uh that you've uh, developed the brain peak tool uh what have you learned 
so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, in general terms. Where to start? Well, yeah. Um, well, we we conduct a lot of research. So, in, on a weekly basis, we perform four to five tests, um, mm -hmm. um, and each each test is obviously unique by itself. Uh, some are more in a broader sense uh, focused on getting insights, and otherwise others are really specific at even copy and, and understanding what the impact of specific sentences uh, on, a, on a particular page are. So, uh, yep. but in general, um, what I see at our clients is that they are uh, amazed and, and very much interested in uh, what's happening on that subconscious level, because obviously everyone has an opinion and everybody, everybody has ideas. Um, and in order to really validate what's, what, what the worth of it is and whether it's a good idea, uh, you should start testing, but just by asking people what you think of their, of, of an idea, you will not get the right answer probably, or not the complete answer. So I think that's the, that's the most important uh, takeout, at least for what I hear from, from our clients that they're like, okay, this is, this is a dimension that we, we, we should really take into account when optimizing yeah. because it's 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 so much related to human behavior um and and understanding human behavior and and if you understand human behavior you're already uh, more capable of optimizing yeah and are uh, those companies usually using this as a way uh to validate like uh, new functionality or new designs or existing designs or yeah oh actually all of the, all of the above, above. <laughs> yeah so um um so we, we actually do a lot of prototype research as well um okay. so being in a development stage and just wanted to wanted, wanted to verify uh where they stand and 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 whether it's a good idea so uh, prototype testing um but also um so also live testing so when, when it's already online um we do benchmarks yeah. so a lot of zero measurement one measurements as well uh competition so if if uh one of our clients wants to see how the competition is performing in relationship to how they are performing then uh then we're also capable of doing that so it very much differs and what we see is that uh quite some clients use it for uh CRO purposes uh obviously mm -hmm. so really get insight into how to optimize even further for conversion but also uh are are doing research related to service optimization which is sort of different because if the goal isn't by itself a real conversion but you you also want to know what their experience is um so and because it yep. relates to loyalty and everything retention and, and stuff but yeah so yeah, we see we see a balance uh, happening over there, which is for us really interesting because, um, especially now, uh, uh, in times where everything is very much directed uh, towards online, um, you can really make a difference by creating or giving the user an experience instead of just giving showing a flow, which might work, but yeah hasn't really got that like oh this is nice or oh that's surprising that's that's the yeah it gives a good experience yeah exactly and but this research is usually i can imagine is usually used uh, as as any user research to point out where in this case uh, the biggest frustrations are or at least the, the biggest emotions in general are uh, you, you still need to validate the solutions right i mean uh okay. you, you still have to figure out what the best way is i mean i can imagine that uh, if something is highly emotional high, highly frustrating um 
it can still be beneficial to you actually when you point out something um i mean um some basic principles in psychology when someone is frustrated uh and and uh, you, if you can make it hurt people might be extra motivated to to fix something uh so it, it can actually help to be emotionally uh more engaged or frustrated right yeah, it, it is. Uh, but the the frustration that we measure is mostly related to not being able to reach your goal. Uh, okay. And therefore, it's... it's that, that's usually a bad thing, of course, <laughs> on the website. Yeah. But um, uh, so that's one of the three emotions that we measure. But the other one is attention. Of The other ones are attention and joy. And attention yep. is also an interesting one because attention by itself doesn't have to be a, a, a bad thing because a lot of attention means a lot of cognitive activity, a lot of cognitive load. But that yep. can be interesting in a flow just to to uh, um, um, make sure that people really uh, process the information that is that is given there. So, yeah, frustration as as being able to reach your goal is isn't really positive. But then on the other hand, joy um, is related to uh, being able to reach your goal, and therefore very interesting to to also have a look at not only look at the things that are going wrong or might need optimization, but also like what what is in in fact working and. I think what uh, what what is what is unique to our methodology is that we're able to really pinpoint, even on sentence level or uh, element level, uh, yeah. what what's going on on the page. So instead of like uh, starting A B testing because you might think it's over here or they might interact with this section and that might be an issue, so we think we should optimize there. Uh, we can really pinpoint so. On a, on a specific page, these elements are working just fine. They generate joy. Uh, these elements are frustrating. So if you start A-B testing, you should start focusing on these elements in order to yeah, really right. sp- uh, specify uh, where the opportunities yeah. are. And, and the pinpointing is done, you, you combine the EEG with uh, like eye tracking data? or Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, eye tracking data, we have a screen recording. So we also have mouse tracking, click tracking. Uh, so we can really see where users are looking uh, or what they are doing when they when they experience certain emotions. What we also do is during the research, there's no interaction with the with the participants. But mm-hmm. afterwards, we show the participants their own uh, recording, so their own yep. screen recording, and also already with the emotions uh, with the emotion graph down below, um, in, in which there are significant emotion points highlighted. And what we do then is we ask the user, the participant, uh, to to provide us with some feedback on those specific significant emotion peaks, um, yep. in order to really have uh, um, a conscious part of feedback related to the subconscious experience. Yeah, yeah. Like I just said with the example of Bartschutz, it's, it's the conscious mind explaining what the unconscious is doing. Yeah. So there might be a bias in there, but it, that's of course a great insight that you can then again use to uh, to yeah create new uh, versions of your website and rerun those and see if uh, those emotions stick or go away or. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely, and and what's interesting is sometimes if uh, we had one, we had one research, I believe it was two weeks ago, uh, in which eventually the the feedback of the users was was rather positive at the end of the flow, um, but they directed it towards the brand itself. But if we looked at their yeah. experience throughout <laughs> the flow, yeah. there was there was at specific points there was so much frustration going on there and there were actually some users that were really really annoyed 
and, and a lot of attention uh, um, asking parts of the site in in, a, in combination with frustration, which is a bad thing. Uh, but in the end, they 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 rated it positive because they were very much directed and and they were loving the brand. Oh, wow. But and that was interesting by itself for for that particular client because they. Uh, then we're able to to really see that even though the rating at the end of a flow uh, might be rather positive yeah. at a conscious level, but the experience by itself might not be. So um, that that was that's that's a great way to to uh, measure brand effect effect or the effect of the brand, right? If you can just uh, run the study with basically the same website or same stimuli or whatever it is, then just replace the brand with something famous versus something unknown see what the effect of just the brand is yeah yeah very interesting and and also for them in order when they would now start they are now starting to uh, to to do the optimization process and yeah. uh, they're thinking of retesting eventually and to really see what the impact then is because if they already have such uh, a good brand loyalty and and, and brand experience um if they can also make that their online experience uh, similar to that brand experience, the the whole the whole experience of the of of the product and the brand by itself goes up. Yeah. Will this work? Hmm. Maybe not. Isn't that what we're all trying to figure out? With VWO, create and A/B test different variations of your website to continuously discover the best performing versions that improve conversions. Stop guessing. Start A-B testing with VWO today. You wanted to talk about uh, humanizing data. Uh, so why why, do you, why is this an important topic? Um, well, I, I think especially now, because we're all, well, almost all of us are working from home. So we have little to no interaction with like physical interaction with our colleagues and also less interaction in general because if you would be in an office you would interact instantly and there would come something up and you were like oh that's a good idea or there's a lot of more creativity going on so i think um that is something that's missing right now and i think it's also related to if you are in the field of optimizing uh online experiences um uh, it, it i look at uh, CRO as as something that should be um, um, a sort of culture, right? So I, th I guess you've talked about it earlier on in your podcast as well. Yeah. Culture of experimentation. So we look at we look at that as well. Um, so it has to be um, um, carried out throughout the organization uh, in order to be really successful. Um, and now because of all the limitations in our physical contact, it's also relating towards the CRO process and their optimization. So if we only, again, start looking at like plain numbers and and like, okay, people are dropping out or people are are, are not going to this page or they are on this page, but we do, we do not know why that is happening and what their actual behavior is. We are, we are missing out so much uh, relevant um, opportunities to 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 really optimize, and also because there's a lot of shifting uh, going on towards online sales right now. So uh, I, I read some articles in the, and some uh, news items last week 
um, with some indications of uh, we think that uh, people are going are, are going to buy even more in 2021 online or really much focused on 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 uh, um, buying stuff uh, online uh, instead of doing that offline and and therefore it's even more important to take that human beings in account because in, in the end it's human to human interaction right so we are on one half of the funnel and they're on the other side of the of the funnel um and and sometimes i think we forget that we are still human beings in need of contact in need of some human experience and um yeah that's why i think it's really important to really take that human part into data as well yeah yeah, I was talking to the organizers of the the Dutch Zero Award. We also talked about uh, the culture of, of spreading that culture of uh, of Zero, uh, and they were actually they were saying so, especially this year. Uh, normally, with when you win an award, uh, you show that at the office. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you go to uh, the canteen and and uh, do a little speech or something uh, that you've won the award. Uh, but this year, that's that's not something that happened <laughs> so there was a diminishing effect of they won the award um uh several companies but it, the effect is is a bit less within the company the, the effect is less to the, in, in sharing that uh, with the whole company uh because now you just yeah you send out an email we won an award <laughs> yeah. uh, or maybe you you, you share that you're a, a small team meeting but the, it's not a company-wide thing anymore uh because everyone's sitting at home and i can imagine that's that's uh happening for a lot of things in those companies yeah yeah and and i guess seeing is believing right and, and and or at least experiencing is believing so visibility is everything so you have to show show what the results are and show yeah what's really going on and i think that's even harder yeah so yeah so what do you see at companies that are uh, using uh, um, well your research and trying to uh, bring that inside the company uh, how are they working on this how are they trying to embed this in their company culture um, so they try to, to take it into their process of uh, zero. So um, really focus on what their quarterly goals are or year-long goals, and make it in, and then like integrate it into their program uh, for for those that ha already have a program. Um, and and adding so adding neuromarketing to the to the whole research uh, uh, all the research options that they have is it usually easy for them to to explain that to their colleagues or uh, do they really need to dive into it and and really explain okay this is actually important and we should be doing this or yeah yeah there it's not always easy <laughs> I've, I've experienced so um, so what we hear is that. Uh, so regular usability testing, uh, which mm -hmm. by itself, I think it's it's a good way of also getting uh, insights. Uh, yeah. But it's a very well known way of doing research, and and um, some might argue that it's even a, a traditional way of doing research. Um, and I think that there are more. There's a lot of innovation going on 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 research. Uh, um, um, so uh, we see that that the companies have sometimes a hard time explaining and really like getting people uh, um, um, interested in why this is relevant as well because they're like yeah that's another method of doing research and we already have so much data so we don't need more data sets because we already yeah. have, have some 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 challenges to to make sure that we we look at all the data that we already have so um yeah that, but, that, but is it useful data though <laughs> 
<laughs> you can you can have tons of data in Google Analytics or BigQuery, but yeah, and that's actually the 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 conversation that we're having uh, with with the alongside with, with our clients if they need to explain it to other departments. We try to um, show them uh, the worth of it. So, and I think the 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 most easiest way of explaining this is that we try to. Take, we, we take the subjectivity out of the of qualitative research. So you have quantitative data, you have quali uh, qualitative data, uh, but with qualitative uh, data, it's all, always a discussion of how you're interpreting it. Um, yeah. And by using EEG and by measuring uh, brain activity, you, you take a lot of subjectivity and interpretation out of uh, qualitative research. And and I think that's, that's the, the number one argument for them to to use and to really show that yeah. uh there's there afterwards there, there we we also don't use like big reports that people have to read and read and read and then it ends up in a draw we use a emotion analytics dashboard which also makes it more easy to interpret so yeah 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 for me maybe that's my bias as a as a psychologist or or user researcher but i also find it way more challenging to find optimization areas when looking at google analytics than when just doing user research <laughs> it's it feels so much easier and, and especially the combination is very powerful if you just do a, a course overview of uh of, of google analytics where that see where people are getting stuck uh, note that down and then do user research to find out okay why are people getting stuck there instead of digging through uh, 20,000 uh, Google Analytics reports and uh, trying to figure that out uh, it's it's for me it's way at least way easier and and because of it it's way easier and faster it's also yeah. cheaper to do just <laughs> user research yeah but i think i think the magic is is in the the combination of both right yeah. you need you need uh, uh, quantitative data uh, uh, in order to see w what is happening where, but you need qualitative data to understand why it is happening. And, and for example, what we saw uh, happening, there were, were a few cases, I believe in last quarter, that um, there were uh, specific pages of a, of a flow of one of our clients who, who weren't performing the way they, uh, they expected it to be. So a lot of dropouts uh, happening over there. But what we eventually saw that by doing neurousability research, we saw that the issue by itself wasn't on that specific page, but it was already two pages earlier to that page. So, yeah. um, and if they would only focus on their Google Analytics, they would say, okay, we need to optimize this page where people are, are exactly, yeah. they're, they're leaving the page. So we need to optimize it in order to make sure that, uh, that we enhance everything. But by really looking at why why was it happening they 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 could understand that the actual issue itself was already um starting to work two pages earlier to that point and uh, by optimizing that they were eventually able to to limit the dropouts on that page two page later because they they knew it already started irritating earlier on in the flow so it's yeah. a, it was a build up so yeah, exactly, and and even even broader than than just the website. Usually, when I'm uh, working for a new clients, I mean, uh, you you can start the first year with uh, fixing all the the well known uh, low hanging fruit, uh, but after a while, you usually start to figure out, okay, but the the problem is not necessarily on the website. It's it it might be the brand that you have. Uh, people just enter the website with a completely different idea of what you are, uh, or uh, 
the, the campaigns that you run uh, set a completely different um, uh, scenario up for you and, and a different expectation of those customers than they land on the website. Yeah, I, I cannot necessarily change the website in a way to completely change that brand, that brand image that they already have. Yeah. Uh, or, or customers, or maybe the, 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 the delivery of the product is actually the problem. People do buy there once, but they never return because you have a shitty maybe a shitty product or shitty delivery or shitty customer service. Me, me tweaking things on the website is not going to fix that. And that's why it's important to to combine uh, all those different research methods. I think, if if you just get stuck in in Google Analytics, for example, like you just said, yeah, you can you can see the least optimal page there, but is that really the problem? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I I think that the, the combination is uh, is so relevant in order to really look at at a at a customer experience as a whole, right? Because yeah, um, that that's also. I think that that has also changed in the in the last few years. As when when um, a few years ago, it was more focused on like single pages or optimizing specific elements or tools on a within a within a, a, a yep. website. Uh, but now I think more and more companies are looking at from a more customer experience point of view. So really zooming out and looking at the whole process and also taking offline into uh, into account, uh, which is relevant, yep. to, right? Because yeah, and, and ads and effectiveness of your advertising. And- yeah, I think it depends a bit on how, um, um- yeah, how big the company is and how uh, present they are. are. Do they also do TV campaigns, for example, or radio campaigns, that kind yeah. of stuff? Uh, you want to know that. It shows the relevance of the the whole culture, right? Of, of we, we need a culture of experimentation within companies to yeah. really make sure that if we want to optimize everything related to company goals, we should look at a customer experience point of view. It's not something one zero specialist is gonna is gonna <laughs> fix. <laughs> so do 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 uh, companies usually use the neuromarketing uh, as as a starting point to see okay where where do we need to focus in the whole journey, or do they already have a problem like they they looked at Google Analytics say okay our our I don't know our checkout is a problem uh, let's focus uh, uh, do new neuro research on the on the checkout. Yeah. Um, a difference. So when we have a new client, uh, most of the time we advise them to start with uh, testing their most important sales journey, for example, uh, and do it on a mobile device and a desktop device to really see uh, what both experiences are because they can differ yep. enormously. So um, that's most of the time a starting point. But um, yeah, we also work for clients who do at least 10 or 15 tests uh, with us a year. Um, and they even test new propositions. So new idea yeah. for, for okay. new products. So um, it depends, but yeah, we, we normally advise to do like uh, a measurement at the beginning of the year and one at the end of the year to make sure that you also take into account the most important uh, uh, user flow, your most important journey, uh, and to really see where you where you stand and how you're optimizing throughout the year, because uh, we all know that we we optimize little things and they can have big impact. But we we also have to have some sort of zero measurement and a one uh, measurement to really see okay on overall uh, how did we perform and uh, what are yeah. we doing because that also helps um, in order to keep keep everyone. Uh, aligned and really make sure that all the departments within a company see what the impact is of what they are doing. 
Yeah, and especially when you repeat user research, you get some kind of a ben- uh, benchmark of how your your own website with your own customers uh, yeah. is performing. And then, yeah, it's also easier to test new th- new stuff that's not live yet, so you don't have the the the, the big data set about how users are behaving yeah. yet. But you can just uh, test MVPs and benchmark that, uh, or, or set it off the, against the benchmark that you already have. Yeah. Yeah. So you're also working with uh, the University of Amsterdam on an emotional score, emotion yeah, score. Definitely. So how does that work? Yeah. So um, we just started working with them uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and um, it's a specific uh, case um, uh, or course, sort of, so to say, of the, ma- uh, the master's students. Um, in- mm-hmm. It's called real world case uh, studies. So um, as we we started out with uh, with discussing how our psychology uh, uh, education was related to like the real world and yeah. digital, um, they Bas- basically lacking all of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, and uh, well, at least the uh, University of Amsterdam is doing a good job, in, uh, as, uh, in my opinion, because they're now really looking at real-world problems at companies, uh, digital um, uh, that are related to digital. So, um, yeah, that started a few weeks ago, and um, we are we were already working on an emotion score, or so, for example. Um, you have the system usability scale, which is used uh, um, within our field, and uh, uh, MPS, uh, so Net Promoter Score, yep. obviously you, uh, well known. Uh, but what we think, uh, looking from psychological perspective, looking from the way we, we conduct research, it, it doesn't really take into account the uh, subconscious experience. So it's it's rating. Uh, based on your conscious experience, and um, well, we already talked about it. We kn- we know that it lacks the inform the the information that we would really want to know in order to really optimize even further. Um, and we're now working on an emotion score that takes into account the emotions that we measure uh, in relationship to uh, the the experience of the the total flow of a website and whether we can really make it a score as as compared to an MPS. So then you have MPS says, and you would have an emotion score. And I think that would be, uh, that would be great if we were able yeah. to. Um, so, so how would you measure it? So yeah, that's something there that, that we're actually now working on. So I cannot really answer that. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking, we're, we're, we're looking at different uh, uh, things, but we are, okay. uh, we definitely want to take into account the emotions that we already measure. So joy, mm-hmm. frustration, and attention, yeah. and um, see how they relate to, for example, um, um, the, the amount of, um, like eye tracking so uh, pupil dilation for example but also the the fluctuations within your eyes if you're looking at the screen uh, uh so scanning scrolling behavior and yeah really see if we can uh sort of classify uh that based on um uh, literature so because they are very much focused on um relating yeah. what they the this emotion score towards the science that is already there so Okay, so but it wouldn't be as easy to measure with a simple survey, I can imagine. No, there, <laughs> just do an MPS, and if you if you would like now, because then yeah, we, again we would be focusing on the, the the conscious experience, and yeah, you want to also have a subconscious experience in it. So yeah. exactly, yeah. 
Very cool development. I'm, I'll, I'll be looking forward to that. So do you think those are students working on the on that this college year? So they'll probably be finished before summertime? Or publishing yeah, something before it, summertime? It has to be finished by the end of this year, at least the, 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 the whole plan and the, mm-hmm. uh, the setup. Um, and then um, I guess early next year we'll start implementing it, or maybe even already in a in a sort of pilot phase. We are we're thinking about implementing it later this year if 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 it's there already. Uh, but we do not have the result yet, so it's it's rather we're speculating on how to implement and when to start implementing. But these these are at least the ambitions. So yeah, uh, first quarter next year, uh, it would be would be wonderful if we would have the emotion score. Yeah, really cool. Well, Altina, thank you so much for giving us uh, an intro into uh, into neural marketing and what you guys are uh, doing in this uh, in this area. What can you uh, tell us about uh, uh, some developments in the coming twelve months? What are, what are the things you guys are working on or uh, improving on? Yeah, um, so um, we are now working on a license model um, because uh, quite some companies already own their own UX research labs and have their own UX researchers working. And uh, we want to focus more on the technology. So making it uh, possible for for companies to to start using our methodology themselves, because now what we do is we do the testing, we have the the hardware, the software um, in-house, but we want to facilitate that uh, companies can do this themselves and really implement all other types of research that they already have. Um, and yeah, make their own uh, UX neuro lab. For over 10 years, Online Dialogue advises about evidence-based conversion optimization with a focus on data and psychology. We see that analyzing data and recognizing customer behavior results in a better online dialogue with your clients and a higher ROI. The team of strategists, analysts, psychologists and UX specialists gather valuable insights in the online behavior of your visitors and together with you, they optimize the different elements of your CRO program through redesigns, expert reviews, A-B tests and behavioral analysis. For more info about the services of this award-winning CRO agency, go to onlinedialogue.com. You were um, suggested by uh, our previous guest, uh, Dave Powell from uh, TomTom. Who do you think uh, we should invite for the CRO Quip podcast? Yeah, um, well, I thought about it and I I actually had a few names um, that came up into my mind. But um, I think uh, who's particularly interesting uh, to talk to is Rick Hoving. Um, he, he, he's responsible for Essex, um, and, uh, actually we, we work together with, uh, Crowbox, you, uh, you are, uh, you, yep. you're also familiar with them. Um, and we did a great, um, well, we combined our, 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 our research and our way of working. Uh, we did a, did an did amazing stuff for them, uh, um, with, with am- amazing results. And I think Rick, uh, would be very happy to tell you about them, uh, himself. Um, in short, they, they, they developed a shoe finder, uh, already before, uh, last year. Um, and they started optimizing it, uh, beginning this year. Uh, and what obviously happened due to the whole COVID situation is that people uh, were getting more and more interested in, in, um, uh, running, uh, because that's one of the, 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 the things that you can still do, uh, yep. Uh, when the gyms are closed and everything. Um, so the relevance became uh, in just a few months extremely uh, high. And um, we started working on a project with them and Crowbox together. And we combined 
the our psychology efforts because Crowbox also works from that uh, perspective. Um, and yeah, they 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 made an amazing thing. So I, I think he will be happy to talk to you about it as well. Cool. And and my final question: So if, if there are listeners here uh, that want to stay up to date in things neural marketing or the the, the subject that we uh, spoke about, are there any books or blogs or other other resources sources that you can recommend? Um. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, I always uh, personally I'm I'm very much uh, a fan of the Kahneman uh, system one system two thinking I think yep. that's that's sort of basic literature that you should be or should at least <laughs> yeah. have read our, our zero Bible yeah it is our, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good word actually it is yeah it is so um, yeah that one specifically um just, just reread it let's let's just say that yeah, <laughs> reread it i am also a fan of uh, uh natalie nahay i'm not sure yep. how natalie nahay yeah yeah how to pronounce her last name i actually uh, approached her this week for for a podcast ah how great yeah i think i sh- i think she's great and i think she was one of the first um also one of the first females uh, uh who was actively uh, um, uh out there uh promoting uh, uh web psychology yep. and, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of her and her books are really interesting also very easy to read uh, even if you don't have a uh, background in 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 psychology or digital uh, it's 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 really nice uh material to read yeah yeah, I think already ten years ago, uh, she um, she basically claimed the title the web psychologist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she wrote a she wrote a couple of uh, of books. Uh, let's see if I can find webs of influence really called. I yeah, guess. webs of but that's a new one, right? Website branding for small businesses. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Be, yeah. So she has uh, written a couple of books, but uh, hopefully uh, she'll be able to uh, join us for a podcast episode. So uh, then I'll ask her. Uh, maybe there's. Uh, I think she's uh, probably writing a new book too. So um, I'll ask her about that. Yeah, but uh, Eltina, thank you so much uh, for joining me uh, for an episode, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. Really. Thank enjoyed. you. Bye bye. Bye bye. And this concludes Season 3, Episode 3 of the Zero Cafe Podcast with Altina van der Veer. Make sure to check out the show notes on our Zero.cafe website. Next episode, I will talk about cognitive biases with Brian Kugelman, Senior Behavioral Scientist at AlterSpark. And he's going to tell us why almost all of these cognitive biases that we're all so familiar with, that they are bullshit. Talk to you then, and always be optimizing. In the past year, marketing budgets have suffered and the share for A-B testing has been impacted too. If you want to keep testing to enterprise standards but save 80% on your annual contract, you can consider Convert.com. With their latest release, you can take advantage of full-stack and hybrid features, strong privacy compliance, no blink and enterprise-grade security. Feel good about a smart business decision? Invest what you save back into your Zero program. Check it out at Convert.com.